Hello and welcome to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Bonarx, here with my co-host, Carrie Egler. And in this episode, we are bringing you the much anticipated part two of 12 tips to increase your sales in 2024, because we wanna see all of you kill it. So in this episode, we're gonna be sharing proven effective strategies to increase Shopify sales, attract new customers, and of course, retain existing customers into 24, 2024 and beyond. But first, real quick before we begin, if you have not already, please subscribe to the podcast or to our YouTube channel where we also publish these episodes and which you can find in the show notes below. It helps us reach new listeners. It helps you never miss an episode and we really, really appreciate it. So thank you so much in advance. We appreciate all of you and now let's jump in. What's up everybody? Welcome back to part two of 12 pro tips to increase your Shopify sales in 2024. Kerry, how you doing, man? What's up, man? I'm doing great. I, I hope you're doing good as well. You, uh, we got some uh, audio upgrades this week. Got the, yes. uh, got the microphone upgraded. Yes. Anyone watching good? on YouTube, uh, I have leveled up my mic. So it's gonna, it should, in theory, I tested it and it did sound a lot better. So it should sound less echoey. Um, so I just asked Carrie which one he has because his audio has always been on point. That's and cool. I'm like, dude, I need that audio quality. So hopefully for our audio listeners as well, maybe our, our audio should be a little more matched now sound sound somewhat similar and you know more leveled and balanced and all that good stuff so upgrade totally. going into 2024 man merry christmas upgrading baby yeah. always be improving that is that's the motto that's like the forever motto man always be improving also, so pro, um, pro tip get those get those business purchases in at the end of the year there you can write them off so yeah i'm always like if they're you know at the end of the year i'm trying to think like what what other what other write-offs can i can I get in here before the year and I gotta file taxes? <laughs> Dude, I've been investing in so many things lately, uh, so many business expenses lately. So I yep. just got this. I got a mixer coming. I'm gonna be getting a new camera soon. Uh, I invested in coaching from a coach the coach program. Like, That's dude, cool. like it's like I I truly believe that if you are not growing, you're dying. And like, I, I think a lot of people look at people when they're very established, like you, Carrie, you're like, you've had it together for a long time, man. Like Whatever, you've been coaching man. for a couple of years. You've got like a professional audio, professional video. Like you just like do such a good job. And, but I, I expect that version one of you ever creating content wasn't as high quality as it is now. Don't Would go, you agree with don't that? Don't go watch. Don't go watch my old YouTube videos, please. <laughs> <laughs> they're so embarrassing. I'm like they, I, I refuse to take them down, but I'm like, cause they got to be there for people to see for you're right. You're right. Like I want people to right? see the, the journey, but man, they are rough. They are rough. Yeah, man. And it's the same for creating a t-shirt apparel or print on a man business, man. There's yeah. a quote that says, do not compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 10. And I truly believe that like everybody sucked at the beginning their website sucked their social media sucked their design sucked like i'm going off but seriously like you, it's cringy looking at my old stuff man i do yep. not like looking at it. like the version one of my website i don't know how i made a single sale uh and i i don't know how i made as many sales as i did but you know i i, I did always improve over time just like we're talking Absolutely. about here with improving on our content creation the same goes for any business so if anyone out there is listening and you're comparing yourselves to brands that are really well established and have been around for a long time, know that they were probably really terrible when they started out too. And all you need to do is commit to constant progress. But I went on a rant. Let's, let's, let's move into the tips, but I want to do one thing before that because we love our listeners and we're going to get a shout out to our, have we come up with anything aside from listener of the week? Like, dude, yeah. we need, uh, all right. Mm. I'm, I'm calling it listener of the week again. All right. I'm just going to go ahead and call it listener of the week. If anyone thinks anything cooler, drop it in the YouTube comments. Uh, and this is actually coming from, oh, I love this name. This is coming from Pickle Prodigy. Pickle it's Prodigy. My people. It's my Thank people. you. 
<laughs> it scares people. Not so people. they 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 give us a five star review, and the headline is over delivering on value and enthusiasm. And here's what they said. I've listened to this podcast front to back twice now. Wow. And I can't describe how much value is jam-packed into this podcast. Also, not to mention how binge-worthy it is. Oh, I love hearing that. The enthusiasm is out of this world, and I find myself looking forward to the next time I get to listen. I have been converted to Shopify and can't wait to take action. Thank you both so much for your expertise and pro tips. Also, I hope my name is satisfactory for a yeah. shout out. Last week in Miami, I got to play pickleball with the pro, the pro pickleball player. Did I say that on dude, last week's so, episode? Yeah, yeah, you that. did. But it, that's, <laughs> dude, that's I'm worth bragging. mentioning twice. That's awesome. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Anyways, Very I won't talk cool. about it anymore because I've already mentioned on last week's episode. <laughs> um but anyhow let's let's just jump in and continue where we left off so i think what we should do is we should just summarize the first six steps that we went over if anyone has not listened to that episode go back to episode number 51 where we talk about the first six tips and those tips for how to increase your sales in 2024 are one niche down two create designs that evoke emotion and relatability for your niche Three, invest time researching winning designs to use as inspiration for your own. Four, make your website easy to navigate. Five, have high quality imagery on your website and try to include three to five product images if possible. And number six was provide customers all the information that they need to complete their purchase on the product page. That was a mouthful. But we are now taking it into part two the final push, and we are going to just kick it off right away with step number seven, or I should say pro tip number seven, and that is ensure that you're collecting emails as soon as you're driving traffic to your website. Man, dude, it it kills me a little bit inside every time we review a website, especially especially if they're running traffic, like especially if they're marketing and driving traffic that does not have an email collection pop-up. And the reason being is, I think we spoke about this actually on the last episode too. Most people do not buy the first time they visit a website. And if you are driving traffic to this website, and even more importantly, if you're paying to drive traffic to the website, it is your job to collect those email addresses and to market to those people. And this is going to significantly improve your chances of them converting. Carrie, what are your thoughts? Yeah, the, uh, it's so important. We, I did, uh, I did, I don't know, 20 or 30 website reviews last week for uh, shirt school students, uh, as part of a, a bonus we did on our last challenge. And, um, it, there was quite a few of them and their, their stores have been open for six, eight weeks. And there was probably probably 50% of the ones that I looked at did not have any kind of like email collection pop-up and really a pop-up is a pop-up on your website that collects an email in exchange for like a discount code or something else is the best way to grow your email list. And I always think about it like this. If you think about it in the physical world, um, if you are, if you were to walk into a business, let's say it's like a car lot, you walk into the car lot and you know, the, you look around a little bit and nobody gets your information. Nobody, you know, nobody says hi to you, gets your information. You're just kind of looking in the windows of cars. You're, you're walking around and then you just leave. And you know, that, that car lot, like they're not going to expect you to come back and make a purchase, right? <laughs> like they didn't get mm-hmm. any of your information. They don't have a follow-up process. They're not going to be able to call you like, you're not going to come back and buy. Like they're not going to get the sale. You know what I mean? Uh, and it, 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 you have to. I, for me, like I, I think of it in the same way online. Like when somebody comes into your store, being your website, they come onto your website. You want to have every way possible to be able to follow up with them and and get them to come back and complete the purchase or make an additional purchase or whatever the case may be. Like you want that customer's information. And so, um, mm-hmm. if, if you're, if you're paying for traffic, you know, you're paying for marketing and you're getting people to come to your website and then you're not making every effort you can to get their information and start collecting their emails. 
you're just letting them va- vanish into thin air and they're probably never coming back. Right. right. So, um, right. it's, it's so, so important. And it, it, it will, you know, you think about it, you, you, you pay for ads or whatever you pay for these ads, you get people to come there only a tiny, tiny portion of those people are going to make a, make a purchase, but then collecting emails allows you to hopefully convert a higher percentage of that traffic. And so you're, you're leaving 95, 98% of the traffic you're driving. Like you're just wasting money, losing that traffic. Right. So it's like, yeah. you just want to make every effort you can to convert that into those people into sales and the best, the absolute best thing, most cost-effective thing you can do is email marketing. And so you got to be collecting those emails. Yeah. Every single website visitor is an opportunity to make a sale. Yes. Like these people are choosing to come to your website. No one's forcing them. They see your ad or they see a social media post. They click a link. They go to your website. They're most likely interested in your niche and or what you have to sell. And I actually had a mentor who put it really well. He said that uh, driving traffic to your website and not having email, like not having uh, email pop up to collect their emails is like having a leaky bucket. And it's like having holes in the bucket and they're all just falling through all these prospects, all these potential customers and sales and future raving fans, they're all just slipping through the cracks on you. And they're probably not going to come back, like you said, in big part because they're not going to remember. Like Mm -hmm. social media is a busy, busy place with a lot of distractions. And there's a lot of brands promoting on there. This might be the only time they're targeted with one of your ads. And that might be the only time they go. And they might have loved your website and plan on coming back, but totally forgot because they're human. We're human. We live in a very disruptive, busy, busy world. And we forget about things all the time. And so just kind of doubling down on this, like if... If you're like in the process of just building out your website right now, this is not a big deal. It's not a big deal. You do not have to do this because no one's going to your website. Even if you've launched your website, but you haven't got to the marketing yet, no one's going to your website because you're not promoting it. You're not marketing it, right? But as soon as you start marketing, as soon as you start posting to social media, as soon as you start kind of getting getting the marketing engine going, running ads, this is like a must do. It is a non-negotiable and you're going to thank, your future self is going to thank you because this will result in a lot more sales. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not running at, or even if you're not uh, sending emails, even if you're not sending emails right away, you should still be collecting their email addresses addresses. And when you do, when you are starting to build up emails, that should be motivation to set up email automations and start running some email campaigns, because that is what is going to get those people on your list to convert in a lot of cases. And the longer you go without nurturing that audience, the more likely they're going to totally forget about your brand. And when they see your email for the first time, they're going to be like, who the heck is this? You know, so it's just, it's so important. And I just wanted to like really double down on that. The best way, the last thing I'll say about this is it's not enough just to have like a a spot to collect emails embedded in your website near the footer. We see that all the time and there's no harm in that. However, the stats show that hardly anyone ever inputs their email address in that embedded box. They just don't. And so this is why a pop-up is very powerful. They see it right away. And we always recommend that you offer some sort of incentive to get their email address because the more email addresses you can get, the more potential sales you're going to make. So it's worth it. Even if you give a very attractive incentive to get that first sale, if you, are, if you have great customer service, you have high quality products, if you have designs that evoke emotion and relatability, like you're going to get repeat sales from these people and they're going to become more profitable over time. So, Carrie, are there any other thoughts that you want to share on that before we go on to number eight? I just, I just go again, go back to like if you think of any sales job in the whole world, if you're selling insurance, you're selling mortgages, 
you're selling yep. cars. You're, I mean, like, how good is a salesperson without a follow-up process? How good is a salesperson that that doesn't, you know, just follow up, get their customers' information and follow up? They're not very good, right? <laughs> like, they're they're not going to be very effective. And I just think of it. I just always think of it in the same way. Maybe that's because I kind of come from a sales background prior to being an entrepreneur. But that's always how I think of it. And uh, it's so important. Don't let people come to your business and then just leave with nothing. Like get their information, follow up with them. Yeah, man. It's so funny you mentioned that. I was a, in uh, real estate sales in a past life. And I remember when I was trying to build up my, uh, my prospect list to, of people that I could represent, uh, I would do a lot of open houses. And mm -hmm. at open houses, I would always bring a piece of paper and a pen. And the number one reason I did open houses, if it wasn't my own listing, is to get prospects. Mm -hmm. And what I would do is I would talk to people and I would ask them if they're represented. If they were not represented, we would, you know, I would kind of nurture them a little bit harder. And uh, I would hopefully collect their email address, then I'd follow up with them. And a lot of those people ended up becoming my clients. And yeah. it's the same here, man. Like, you're totally right. Like, this is sales and marketing it, mm -hmm. across industries. Like the value is in your list. So yeah, it's a, it's a powerful, powerful thing. And I can't imagine a long-term sustainable and profitable brand without a list, without an email list. For it's, sure. it's that important. So um, all right, let's move on to number eight of 12 pro tips to increase your Shopify sales in 2024. Number eight is improve customer retention with abandoned cart emails. So this is kind of just playing off of the last tip, but we're specifically mentioning abandoned cart emails because man, this is the low hanging fruit. This is the easy stuff, man. This is the set it and forget it, make money in your sleep kind of stuff. You know, and that's, that's what we want for everybody. Like you're going to wear a lot of hats. If you have a brand, you're going to wear a lot of hats. It comes with the territory. However, there's a lot of hacks and automations and ways that you can run your business very efficiently. And there's a lot of things that for the limited amount of input, you get an exponentially high amount of output. And mm -hmm. that is how I think of automations. Like you can set up a, a Bannon cart email in like an hour, probably less. less. Like programs <laughs> like Klaviyo, what we recommend, they have pre-built templates. Like they're already done for you. Yeah, you can go in there. You got your logo. You got some brand colors. You can make it your own, speak in your own personality, or you could just turn it on if you want. I wouldn't recommend that. Like you could, but they're, they're not that good without any sort of customizations in my yeah. opinion. But you only need to make really, really minor tweaks and it's done for you. You can leave that and know that that's working in the background for you. It's like, in my opinion, it's like having a sales team working for you around the clock, right? To recover sales. And it goes back to the leaky bucket. All these people that could potentially be falling through the cracks because you don't have their email addresses. You don't have a, a way to reach out to them again. Mm -hmm. um, those people, a lot of those people are going to be recovered just with this one simple email automation. So this is something that I always recommend, uh, like a non-negotiable. If I could only send one uh, email automation, it would be the abandoned cart email. Uh, yeah, it's just the simplest and most effective way to recover lost revenue and, of course, improve your sales and profitability. Carrie, over to you. Yeah, this should be, should be one of the first things you set up for sure. The only thing I would add to what you said, I mean, abandoned carts are so, so vital, so crucial. The only thing I would add is uh, SMS is really, really effective. If you can add in SMS recovery as well by either using a dedicated app that does that or, uh, or just into like adding that into Klaviyo. Uh, what's cool in Klaviyo yeah. is that you can set up abandoned cart, abandoned cart sequence, but then you can just dump in, you just drag and drop in little text messages in the middle of that mm -hmm. sequence. So what's cool about Klaviyo is like you can combine the two and then you can really like sync them up so they're not getting things at the same time and all that kind of like it, it all flows. So you can say, hey, after this many hours, send this email. Then after this many hours, send a text. Uh, and you can you can connect all that up. And so um, if you can add SMS, SMS is very, very highly effective. It gets way higher open rates. Um, 
it can be a little bit more complex. It can be a little bit more expensive. But if you're running, mm-hmm. especially like significant amounts of traffic, you're running paid ads specifically. I think adding SMS is a, is a really good option and can greatly, uh, greatly improve your abandoned cart recovery. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And another thing that I'd add on to that about SMS is a lot of times what you're going to find is that your email subscribers are not your SMS subscribers. They're not all your SMS subscribers and vice versa. Like meet people where they are. You're going to find that most people aren't subscribing to both. Like we all assume, right? We're like, oh yeah, they gave us their email and their phone number. So they're probably subscribed to both. No, they're probably going to eventually unsubscribe to one because they're like, I'm already hearing from you via my phone, which I prefer, or from my email, which I prefer. What you're going to find is that a lot of, it's not a lot of the same people. So yes, Clavio has built-in email and SMS, which is awesome. And it does a good job of making sure that you're not hitting them twice. However, what I will say too, there's a lot of other great SMS tools. Like I use Attento, Postscript is really great. And we use them separate, totally separate. Mm -hmm. So we will send an email and an SMS and we're okay if we hit the customer twice, because first of all, there's a good chance that the email went to the spam filter uh, the email could have got buried in other emails or they just never opened the email. They saw it and just never opened it. So if we're getting them from two places, that's going to significantly improve the chance that they're going to convert as well. Now, I do have one thing to say about SMS. Okay, so I've always thought SMS was super sexy since I, like it first came out. I was like, hell yeah, let's go. I remember I was in this coaching community and uh it was actually Marco Ruta from Constantly Varied Gear, which is a super cool fitness uh, brand, like a fitness clothing brand out of um, Massachusetts. He actually did a presentation for the group on SMS marketing. And immediately I was like hooked and I set it all up and we started seeing amazing results from it. But what's funny, why I'm saying this is because Carrie, like not too long ago, we did a podcast episode on SMS marketing and it got no love, man. Like, Never does. do you remember? Like, we were looking at the numbers of like the listens from our and the views from YouTube of this episode, and it got no freaking love. I think it was literally one of our least popular episodes ever. And I was actually really surprised by that because it's such a powerful marketing tool and such a great way to make sales because you get really, really high open rates. And a lot of times people will see your text messages within the first five minutes of you sending them. So my, my only thought was maybe it was too advanced for some people. They're like, I don't even have email marketing set up. I'm not there yet because I would always recommend setting up email marketing first and then kind of as a phase two set up the SMS. Yeah. But I just, I just wanted to mention that because no, yeah, I, I, so I think it's just, yeah. It, it, for some reason, email, email and SMS just never get the love on podcasts or YouTube videos. I mean, I've done so many videos on those things and they just don't, yeah. they just don't get the love, but they it's, I find oftentimes the things that are most effective and most powerful people don't, people don't pay as much attention to for some reason. So if you're listening to this, if we hooked you in with the 12 pro tips to increase your sales in 2024, uh, here you go. This is one of those great tips. I wanted to bring up one quick thing, uh, which yeah. which won't won't impact everybody. But there there is an app that used to be more readily available. Now I think they 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 only take um, there's just it's a software, but it's a it's a Shopify app. They only take uh, higher higher revenue stores. Um, they don't take everybody. But there's an app called Cart Loop <clears throat> that mm. if you have a store that's doing you know some significant revenue, you're running a lot of traffic. The, I love this. I used to use this app like crazy. They just changed a lot. Uh, but what they are is they have a real team of people that actually send the SM, it's SMS marketing, but they have a real team of people that communicate with your, with your customers. Some of the stuff is automated, but they have like one-to-one, they create shopping experiences. So like when it comes to abandoned, abandoned carts, they will actually, you know, have a real conversation and they, they used to just take a percentage of the sale. Uh, if they would recover it, like they just had a team of like VAs or whatever it was that they would actually follow up with the customer and have a real conversation with them. And it was so cool. Um, but they, again, they've, they've changed their kind of whole model. Um, but it's, it's just a cool, cool thing that they do. And you might be able to find, there might be some more stuff out there like it, but I thought always that that was a really cool idea. Human, human powered 
they, they call it human powered shopping experiences. Pretty crazy. That is really cool. And I've heard of it, but I have never used it. Um, I don't know anyone who's used it. I'm sure it was a lot of bigger brands using it. Mm -hmm. um, but it does sound really cool. The, the last point I want to make about this, and I'm talking about uh, email and SMS together, is something that we always talk about is that these are owned platforms. Like email list, you own your email list. SMS, you own mm -hmm. your SMS list. Things like social media, which I love. It's been a total game changer for my business and all of our students' businesses as well. It is like the future of marketing and it is the best acquisition channel in our opinion. But you have to remember these are rented platforms. You are using someone else's real estate. You are putting up a shop on someone else's platform and they make the rules. They can change the algorithm anytime they want. They can terminate your account anytime they want. And we see this happen on marketplaces like Etsy and we see it happen even on platforms. Like it does happen to some people. And so, you know, what, what I like to tell people is like the money is made on the owned platforms, but people aren't really talking about it because they just, like we said, they just don't get the same love that social media does. We love social media and we love having a mix, right? You, you, you leverage social media to attract and build and acquire uh, uh, raving fans and customers but then it's very, very important that you're getting their information so that you can remarket to them. So you can get directly to them regardless of what happens to your social media or any marketplaces you're on like Etsy. I just wanted to kind of end with that to like, really like, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to like amp this up, man, because it's so, so important, so important. and it just doesn't get the love it deserves. So on that, <laughs> Let's keep moving. with Let's that keep note, Let's keep it moving. All right. Pro tip number nine, commit to dominating one social media channel, i.e. a rented platform, to attract your ideal customer, build a following of raving fans, and convert followers into customers. So we obviously are huge fans of social media. I can't even imagine living in an age that it didn't exist. And when I think about the way that someone would have had to market their t-shirt or apparel or print-on-demand business, if print-on-demand even existed 30 years ago, it like, it, it's brutal, man. Like, what, what do you even do? Like, cold call, go knocking on doors, like, send cold emails to brands hoping that they're going to, like, start, start a blog? Like, I don't know. I definitely would not have gotten into it if social media did not yeah. exist. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Gary? On that, yeah. I mean, it, like, I think before before social media, like, advertising, and then before social media got big, I mean, for for a little period there, it, I'm sure it was mainly Google, Google pay-per-click, and, yeah. and, like, blogs and SEO was the other way to go. But outside of that, like, there wasn't YouTube. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't really create content, like – because most content is on social media. Twitter wasn't mm -hmm. around. Um, so what you would have had to do like real world things. You would have had to do like mailers. Because the internet was around for at least a little while before social media. You know, probably mm -hmm. 10 years-ish uh, is when like yeah. e-commerce really started becoming a thing. Because I think Amazon came online as a bookstore in 94, is when, which was super early because most yes. most most e-commerce brands weren't for at least three to like it's pretty wild like did you know walmart didn't have an e-commerce website till 2007 did you know that dude that's insane that yeah i that's think ebay insane. ebay was pretty early ebay was like 97 i think or 98 um but anyways Even like about amazon What's that? Like Amazon started as a bookstore, like no, selling 90, books online. But it, think about that. Yeah. 1994. Like they're one of the first companies selling products online at all. Mm -hmm. Like you could yeah. really buy things. Like you before that, it was like you, you know, you, you a lot of times you'd see an infomercial, then you'd call in. It was like mail order, or you you order out of a catalog or a magazine, right? So I mean it's like you'd have to do direct mail or you'd have to do, yeah, a magazine, an infomercial, some kind of commercial. Like those were the those were the ways you advertised before the internet, which is kind of wild because now we primarily we primarily use social media, social media advertising. Google's still a big thing, obviously. Now influencer mm -hmm. marketing, but still is through social media. Um, yeah. But anyways, back to your point of number nine, 
we always talk about focusing on one social media channel, uh, one platform. And, mm-hmm. um, one of the reasons for that is that all the algorithms are different. All the, all the platforms are different. The algorithms are different. Even, you know, a lot of times we talk about repurposing, you know, your Instagram videos to TikTok, yada, yada. But I mean, like even some of our six figure founder students, what they see on, you know, when they're repurposing things just from Instagram to Facebook is that sometimes a lot of times a piece of content will go viral on Instagram, but won't go viral on Facebook or it might go viral on Facebook, but not on Instagram. Right. And it's like, those are the same flipping platforms, but the algorithms are completely different because they're they're diff- they're different platforms. Even though this, they're owned by the same company, I should say. Let me be clear: they're owned by the same company, but their plat like the platforms are so different. So when we say focus on dominating one social media tra- platform, it's for a couple reasons. Number one, most of the time your ideal customer is hanging out mainly, spending their time on one of those platforms, right? Like for me. Mm-hmm. I'm spending, I spend the most, probably the most time on Instagram. The only thing I go to Facebook for is I'm in my pickleball group. So I got to keep up with all the pickleball groups there. But as far as consuming content, it's on Instagram. I'm not really on TikTok. That's kind of my age demographic, right? Like, so you got to go to the one that your ideal customer is on. That's where you want to focus your most amount of time. And then number two, the algorithms are different. So you want to get really good at working one algorithm, figuring out what works and what goes viral on that specific platform, what the, the algorithm is going to, going to promote. Because again, it's going to be different on, on every platform, different algorithms. Yeah. It's also just a lot of work to create organic content for every single platform. It's a lot of work and going back the whole, we're wearing quite a few hats is business owners and entrepreneurs, like you need to pick and choose. And what we've found is that all you need is one single acquisition channel. And by that, I mean a a social media of some sort. It could be Instagram, it could be TikTok, it could be Facebook, there's Snapchat, there's Pinterest, there's lots. We find that Instagram is probably the most popular for t-shirt and apparel brands. And then TikTok is probably number two, both great platforms. Um, but you only need to dominate one to create a six or a seven figure brand. That's yeah. it. Like you can try to dominate all of them at once. And what you're going to find is that you're getting like these minuscule growth on all the different platforms. So you're, you're small, you have a small presence on every platform as opposed to really just owning, dominating and committing to become an expert at one. So that's what we recommend because practice makes perfect. And so the more reps you're putting in, the more you're keeping up to date with this one platform, the more you're optimizing and improving your content and finding out what's working and what's resonating with your ideal target audience, the more, the more success that you're going to have. There's, there's a fun stat that I want to share because, I mean, we're huge fans of social media and I think... I think social media has gotten kind of a bad rep over the last couple of years. And a a lot of students and a lot of people that we talk to, one of their biggest kind of concerns or fears is marketing on social media. Mm -hmm. And guys, like we totally get it. We, We totally get it. There's, you know, there's some, there's some issues with it, but I, I would argue that the pros far outweigh the cons. And I would never want to go back to the old way of marketing before social media existed. So I like, I just want people to get bought into it. You, You like, you don't have to love it, but the more you can master it, the more success that you're most likely going to have. Another thing I will say is if it's the content that you're seeing on there that's making you unhappy or you're not liking the, the comments on things. One thing that I learned from, uh, I think it was Russell Brunson. He said, learn to be a producer of social media content, not a consumer. And I love that because we can spend hours scrolling endlessly on social media and we can, before we know it, two hours has passed and we're like, what just happened to the last two hours of my life, right? But if your main focus is producing content and spending time to do research, you absolutely should be doing research, um, you, you can have a lot of success and you won't get as distracted and bogged down by the, you know, by everything going on on social media, because it's not always the prettiest place, let's be honest. But kind of taking it back to like gratitude, man, they say an attitude of gratitude is a magnet for miracles. 
And I am so grateful that social media exists. I am so, so grateful. And as much as sometimes you love to hate some of these platforms and the people you know, around them, like the, the creators of them and, and stuff like that. Like at the end of the day, I am extremely grateful they exist. And I don't think I would have a business if they did it. So Same. back, I just went on a bit of a tangent there, but back to the stat, according to report, global sales through social media platforms were estimated to be 992 billion US dollars in 2022. In 2022. Goodness. And this is only expected to grow in the future with forecasts suggesting the value of social commerce, social commerce, that means buying in-app, will reach around $8.5 trillion US by 2030. Goodness. Dude, Goodness. like this is the freaking future. You have to jump on this boat. Like you have to get on this ship because if you try to grow a brand without the help of social media, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's going to be a huge uphill battle. Embrace it. Love it. Be grateful for it. And just focus on dominating and mastering one single channel. That's mm -hmm. it. You don't even have to look at the other channels. You don't even have to have a presence on the other channels if you don't, a presence on the other channels if you don't want. Just commit to dominating one. Yep. Most times you'll see, most times you'll see big brands. If you start looking at their social media platforms, yeah. huge, even, even big brands you look at, and a lot of times they'll have a really big following on one platform, but then a very small insignificant following on another platform, another platform. And it's because their ideal customers there and they probably started on that one platform and then added the others later. So anyways, I'll, I'll let's keep going. Yeah, man, totally. I like I I'm that guy. My my biggest audience is on TikTok. Like my biggest audience on TikTok, I repurpose like most of my content is created for TikTok first and then repurpose over to Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Um, I would love love some love over on Instagram and Facebook some more, but well, actually Facebook, I don't even care about. It. I don't even pay attention to Facebook except <laughs> for my private TLA <laughs> coaching community. Um, but Instagram, I, I would love some more love on that. But but yeah, man, I like I will say just to like reiterate our our my favorite. I'll, I'll speak for myself. My favorite primary acquisition channels um, are Instagram and TikTok. Absolutely for for my clothing brand, my primary yeah. acquisition channel is Instagram. For my coaching business. My primary acquisition channel is TikTok, mm -hmm. um, but I am trying to grow Instagram. And the reason why I'm actually doing that is because I have a partner who who we can split. Like I have a team, right? So I'm yeah. able to do that. But when it first started out, man, I was just really focused on growing TikTok. And the the audience size shows it's like five times bigger than my, way more than five times bigger than my Instagram audience. So what, what right. you focus on will grow. Yes. Where intention goes, energy flows. There you go. Boom, baby. Like it's it's so true. It is so freaking true. Um, kind of staying on the same vein with social media. Uh, uh, pro tip number ten is set up social media shopping. And I specifically said social media shopping because it it depends which acquisition channel you're using. So if you are using TikTok as your primary acquisition channel, you should be setting up TikTok shop. If you are using Facebook and Instagram as your, uh, as your primary acquisition channel, which is generally where we recommend everyone start and where most of our students are, those are like Instagram is by far the most popular acquisition channel across all of our students. Um, you wanna set up Facebook, Instagram shops. And the, the stat, I kind of jumped the gun. I got excited and I shared, I dropped that statistic on you uh, before, but the statistic was saying, just to reiterate, it was saying that social, uh, social commerce sales, that means the people that are using Facebook and Instagram shops or TikTok shop, those sales will reach around $8.5 trillion US by 2030. Goodness. That is huge because people just... People go on social media usually to be entertained, to be educated, or to be motivated. Like most of the time, a lot of time they're not going on there to shop. But if you're running ads or you're posting, if you post some product posts that catch their eye, that they probably want to stay on the platform, but they probably also want to shop. So you're giving them the best of both worlds. You're allowing them to stay there, to shop, to add to cart, to complete their purchase, all without ever leaving the app. And 
meet your customer where they are. If that's their preference, like they probably didn't go on social media to shop to start with, then give them, give them the option that they prefer. And that's going to increase your chances of converting them and making the sale. Yeah, so just, your be, thoughts. just to be clear, what we're talking about, we're talking about uh, allowing setting up an Instagram or Facebook or TikTok shop, which allows uh, customers or people to purchase on social media, like on your social media page, not not they don't have to go to your website. So if you're not aware, you know, this is a fast growing trend. More platforms are releasing it all the time. TikTok just came out with their shop version kind of copying Instagram and Facebook, you know, from what we can see, Instagram and Facebook are still doing it better uh, as of right mm-hmm. now. But um, this is a huge trend. And and the reason it works is because people have less clicks to get over to get to a purchase and they, they don't have to leave the social media platform. And anytime mm-hmm. there's a feature on social media that you can use that allow that, that keeps more people on that platform the that platform is going to reward you for doing that because they want people to stay on their social media platform. They're going to give you more reach, right? So if you can adopt this feature now, it's something that they're aggressively trying to get people on board with. If you can adopt this feature now of setting up a TikTok, Instagram, Facebook shop, you're probably going to get more exposure. You're going to get potentially promotions on advertising. They've been doing that a lot. Mm-hmm. And you're you're that's gonna hopefully result in more sales because you're an early adopter of a new feature. So we definitely encourage you to set this up and going into 2024, more and more people will be buying on social media as opposed to going to your website. And so it's crucial that you have this set up and that you're you're utilizing it. Yeah, we say it all the time. Make it as easy as possible for your customers to buy. If their preference is to stay in the app, which it probably is in a lot of cases, like by taking them to our website, we are creating friction in the process. We are taking them away from where they went in the first place, probably for a different reason. And a lot of people might not want to do that. And so uh, we don't want it. We want to reduce the friction. We want to reduce the clicks. We just want to make it as easy as possible. Give them both options. Like they can go to your website and check it out, or they can complete their purchase in app. Um, and one of the things that, uh, that Carlson and I talked about, or we're going to be talking about in an episode that, uh, we actually recorded the episode already, but it's going to come out after this, the week following this episode, we're talking all about the power of Facebook and Instagram shops. So stay tuned for that. But one thing, um, that we were talking about in that episode is this feature that, Facebook and Instagram meta, I'll just call it meta, released in Ads Manager that we tested with a very large budget and a large sample size. And it was very powerful powerful for us. Like it significantly improved our results when we compared it to just taking people to our website. So we'll be going totally in depth about that in the next episode. But my point is, this is the future get on this boat, get, get this set up for 2024. You're going to be very glad you did. This isn't going anywhere. This is only going to get bigger from here. So by, you know, it's, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. All right. Let's jump into number 11, dude. We're down to the final two. Here we go. Bring it in. The final two. Here we go. We saved the best for last. Uh, let me see. I don't know if I go as far as to the best. <laughs> These were created in no particular order. I think I'm number twelve. Number twelve is up there. Number twelve is up there. Number eleven, you know, is good, but number twelve. I think number there. twelve is awesome, but yes. you know, it could be argued with some people that it might not be best. I think it's. I got a hot. Awesome. I got a hot take. The I think probably the most important. The most important tips are email marketing and SMS marketing. It's throwing it out there. That's yeah. probably what's going to make the most revenue impact in your business next year. But those are probably the least sexy tips on here. So anyways, go ahead. <laughs> they just don't get the love they deserve, man. Come All on. right. <laughs> Tip number 11, drive both free and paid traffic to your website and shops, your website and shops, because you can do that now with meta ads. And we recommend that everybody 
do this. So you want to use free social media marketing strategies to attract, build, and convert your ideal customer. But you also want to use paid marketing strategies such as Facebook and Instagram ads to validate designs, to scale up winners, and to give people the option of shopping on your website or your shops. This is huge. And one of the things that I love about social media, like let's just go back to showing love and gratitude for social media, is that you can put an infinite amount of content out there for free. And every single time you post, you have an opportunity to reach more of your ideal customers to attract them, to build up your following over time, and then to hopefully convert them into paying customers. Mm -hmm. This is what I love about it. Like, it's so amazing. I can't even believe that we have something so incredible that we can just post anytime we want, anything we want. And, you know, as you learn what your ideal customer is attracted to, what kind of content catches their eye, what kind of gets them to start following you and maybe turn into a customer, you're going to get better, your account's going to grow faster, and you're going to notice the sales start to follow. That's just the way it goes. Like I talk about the ABC method of growing on social media, attract, build, convert. And it goes in that order. Like you have to attract them first by putting valuable content out there that they want to engage with, with that evokes emotion and relatability and that gets puts you, your brand on their radar. What this is going to do when they start seeing you, it might take a couple of times. Maybe you get shown, you get served or they get served your content or suggested your content a couple of times, and then they eventually follow you. And what you're going to notice is you're going to start building. And what I find is when you're first starting out, when you're really small, it, it, it takes a little bit more time. It's almost like it takes a bit for the wheels to get moving. It, it, like, it's kind of like a train, like you're just starting. The wheels are just kind of rolling slowly and slowly. And then man, like as you start posting more and more consistent, value adding, amazing content that really resonates with your ideal customer, you can start growing really fast. But I think this is like a common misconception that I think a lot of people have about social media, which is why I wanted to bring it up. A lot of people, they'll be like, they'll be a brand new brand and they'll start on Instagram and they'll post like nine posts just to get their grid filled up. And they're like, I posted nine posts and haven't made any sales. I'm like, because nobody knows you exist. Like it takes the algorithm time to no, understand. Well also, nobody cares about the nine t-shirts that you posted for sale. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? like, that, you're trying yeah. to sell people before you have any following or any trust or anything. So it's like, you have to use the valuable and, you know, emo emotion evoking mm -hmm. content to, to build up a following before you sell. Anyways. Totally. And that's one of the biggest mistakes we see on social media. Like hands down, one of the most consistent mistakes we see is that all people do is post their products. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to follow a brand that just posts their products unless that brand is already established. Yeah. If you're a new brand and you're trying to get your name out there, if you're just going to be posting your products, your chances of getting followers, like it's going to be brutal growing that account. It's going to take a very, very long time. We would never recommend that strategy. Please do not be one of those brands that all you do is post your products. Nobody cares. Like they just don't care. Yeah. You need to give them a reason to follow you. Like I, I want them to care about your brand. You want them to care about your brand, but you have to lead with value. Like you have to give them a reason to follow you. And just posting your products is in like 99% of time is not enough. We're not saying don't ever post your products. You should, but you should sprinkle them in, like lead with value, entertain them, educate them, motivate them, inspire them, yeah. like give them a reason to love your brand. And that will pay dividends down the road. It's kind of like, like an upfront investment, short-term sacrifices for long-term gains, right? Mm -hmm. If you're trying to grow your account, like don't expect that as soon as you start posting on social media, especially if you're not running paid ads, that it's just going to result in all these followers and all these sales. And another misconception is that a lot of people, they'll go viral. They'll have an account. Like we see this all the time with our students. They'll have an account with like a hundred followers, but then they'll be posting like reels that are getting like a thousand, 2000, 3000, 10,000 views. And 
Not all those people are going to follow them, especially at the beginning. That's totally normal. If you've gone viral and you've wondered why you didn't go from zero to 10,000 followers overnight, guys, that doesn't really happen to anybody. Like it just, it's very, very rare. Like it does happen. It's like that kind of one in a thousand, one in 10,000, maybe even one in a million pieces of content, like actually take someone from zero to a hundred thousand followers overnight. We have had students who have grown a lot. They're following a lot. Like we had one recently who grew by, I think 2000 followers from one single reel that went viral. That's amazing. That's amazing. And we were, we were celebrating her. We were super happy for her, but like, like don't expect that it's not the norm. Don't expect that every time we go out. And I will say she's been putting in the work, man. Like she posts very consistently. She posts a lot. She has gone viral multiple times. Like she deserved this. She'd been putting in the work and she just kind of separated herself from the result uh, or from the, uh, yeah, she separated herself from the result and just focused on the process and she stayed consistent. And now she's starting to reap the fruit of her labor. And that's how it is. That's how it is. Like a lot of people, you're going to go viral uh, and you're going to grow over time. But what you need to know is that kind of like getting, you know, someone visiting your website for the first time, usually they don't buy. It's the exact same with social media. Like they might start following you. They might love you. They might start engaging with your content. It might still take them one, three, six months, or even a year to end up being a customer, especially if you don't have a design that evokes enough emotion and relatability for them. What you're going to find is that a lot of people start following you. And this is what I want for everybody. I want you to attract and build and expect that you're going to convert a lot of these people into paying customers down the road. Mm-hmm. But don't expect it immediately because another thing that we see is a lot of new brands, they do not have a winning design. And so they're they're attracting people, they're building up their audience, they're building up their following, and they're wondering why they're not making any sales. I'm like, well, maybe they just haven't seen, maybe those followers haven't seen something yet that like, like got them excited enough to pull out their credit card and make a purchase. And that's not to say that that's not going to happen. It will happen for a lot of those people when you get a winner. And I would way rather have that built up audience ready for when I finally release that winning design versus having the winning design and then trying to drive the audience to it. You should do that too, but you're going to make a lot more sales, especially upfront. If you already have the audience built, that should be the focus, attract and build. And then when you have a winning design, when you have designs that evoke a lot of emotion relatability, you're going to notice a lot of people are going to convert. Carry your thoughts. Yeah. So the, the, the point here was drive both free and paid traffic to your website and shop. So what I wanted to say was there, there are, some situations where we recommend when you're starting to run paid ads and really the, the only, I should say there's only one situation. The only situation is if you're somebody, if you're a big, if you're starting out and you have money that you can, that you're willing to, to part with, that you know that you may not get back, you may not make profit on that money and you want to get data and you want to test designs really, really fast. So if you have money, you're willing to burn, and you want to get data really fast, you can start off with paid ads to test designs. For the vast majority of people, the way that we recommend going is utilizing free organic organic strategies on social media to build up followers, to make some sales, and then uh, using paid ads to scale up some of those designs that you're starting to see uh, so you're starting to see some promise with, right? And, you know, I think a lot of people think that when we, when I say this, like, oh, I'm going to use organic social media and I'm going to get a hundred sales in this design before I, you know, go and scale it. And that's not the, that's not necessarily the case. Like most times if you're, if you're doing some of this organic content and everything and you get two, three sales, like that's a great indication that you might want to put some paid, some money behind that design and scale it up. And so, yeah. I think the best way to use paid ads in the beginning is to scale up designs that show more promise. Maybe a design, maybe you don't even sell any of them. Maybe a design just gets way more engagement than, than your, the other ones you've posted. Right. And you say, okay, maybe I want to put 10 or 20 or $30 behind this, not a ton of money. Right. Um, and that was, that's the last thing I wanted to add is like, we never, when we say run both, we never usually recommend, like we never want you to just burn the money. We want to use it as, as best as we can. And so that means testing with small, really small budgets. That means 
using all the data we have to make the most educated decisions on what designs we're actually running ads for. And so, yeah, that, those are, those would be my thoughts. Right. Running paid ads is one of the quickest way to get validation on a design. For sure. However, it's also it, the, one of the quickest not. ways to just lose money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, that's what I was, where I was going with this. If you do not have validation, yeah. it's like gambling, man. It's yeah. one of the quickest ways to lose money. And I'm not saying that you don't get value aside from sales. You do. A lot of times you're going to get social media followers from it. You're going to collect emails from it. Who A lot of these people could convert down the road. There'll be delayed conversions. That's awesome. We love those. Um, and you're going to get data. You're going to get data on who is who <clears throat> Facebook is serving this content to like, to, to get more clarity into your ideal customer. And a lot of times you might think your ideal customer is one type of person and then the data will show differently. And a lot of times you might want to actually like go down that rabbit hole and start drilling more into that, like the, the data that is, that it's showing you that that yeah. is your actually the people that are resonating with this. But yeah, I mean, it's one of the quickest ways to get validation, but you need like, your, the, the slow and safe way is to get validation from organic or low cost marketing channels. So Carrie mentioned social media. Also, if you have an email list or SMS list, those are other great ways to get really quick validation. And if you were a new brand and you hadn't made many sales and you posted a product and made two to three sales organically on social media, dude, you bet I would be running paid ads to that. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That would be Absolutely. enough validation for me. That'd be enough validation for me. But we always recommend starting with small budget ads so that, so that you don't lose a whole bunch potentially, right? And then what you do is you just scale them up incrementally if they remain profitable. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right, man. You ready to bring this home? Let's do it, dude. Number 12. Yep. Number 12. Maybe the best tip. Maybe not the best tip. But here he is. Our listeners can decide for themselves. Tip number 12, leverage upsell and cross-sell apps and features to motivate shoppers to spend more. Dude, this is this is huge. And I, I think another unsung hero, because a lot of times we spend so much time focusing on bringing the sales in, but we forget to focus on getting as much out of the sales You know when we when we get them. And I think that this is a huge missed opportunity. It's a, it's a really big missed opportunity. Like if you're not doing cross-selling and, and, um, and upselling, then you are absolutely leaving money on the table. Yep. So examples include featuring additional recommended products on the product page below the product itself. Many Shopify themes, they have a feature built in for this, but there are also apps in the Shopify app store to do this, such as the also bought app, and the frequently bought together app. So these kind of mimic Amazon, you know, Amazon, like you click on a product in Amazon, it says customers who bought this also bought, like they do that for a reason because it works. That's why they've had it for so long. And now there's all these apps to kind of mimic that people are used to seeing that. Another feature that we strongly recommend having set up is a pre-purchase and a post-purchase pop-up that states something like, would you like to add X item to your purchase? Mm-hmm. Uh, our favorite upsell app, the one that we're in love with, our upsell app crush right now is Reconvert. Uh, but there are other popular apps, uh, Honeycomb, Candy Rack, One Click Upsell. There's a lot of good ones out there. Use what you like the best, but we feel that Reconvert is the most powerful. It's super easy to set up. Like you can so set this stuff. up in a, a couple minutes and it's, crazy powerful uh carry your thoughts yeah upselling um you know cross selling but specifically upselling it's just uh i think so especially with paid ads just talking about specifically with paid ads you know it can be hard to get profitable right and it it can be difficult very difficult to be profitable when you're only selling one item at a time right and and Mm -hmm. i just always think of it like this like when you set up an upsell it's like a one-time, one-time thing you have to up, you have to set up, and then it just works for you in the background, making you more money. And if you so like if you're listening to this and you don't have upsells in place and you're just trying to sell one item at a time, like you are leaving so much money on the table. Like you're just leaving money on the table because it's something you just kind of set it and forget it. Now, of course, when you set up an upsell, you want to monitor it, you want to see how it's performing, you want to maybe make tweaks to it, but like 
you're once you find that upsell that's really converting for you, I mean, it works like magic and you just leave it in the background and it, it can just make you so much more money, right? And so especially when you're running ads, if you're you're paying for all this paid traffic and you're getting people to come to your website and and you're not maximizing the amount that you could be making, why would you want to make $30 when you could be making $50 an order, right? Like it's right. just so powerful, can bump your revenue so much with very little effort and, you know, very little time commitment. You know, you just go set it up right now. Like go get reconvert, set it up right now. Like, and then let's watch what happens. Like, you know, it's, it's going, it's going to bump your sales. One of the easiest things you can do upsells and follow-up. I just think are the most important things by far upsells and follow-up, uh, email, SMS and upsells best things you can do to increase your sales quickly. Fortune is in the follow-up, man. Just, yep. just the way it is. Yep. And you're totally right. Like, uh, I, I was quickly looking up a stat while you were talking because um, I wanted to know what the average returning customer rate on a Shopify store is. And I pulled it up here. The average returning customer rate on Shopify is 28.2%. That means that, what is that? Almost 70% of customers never ever come back. Mm -hmm. And you could even have an amazing store with amazing products. Who knows why they didn't come back? Maybe they were just buying it as a gift for someone and then that person never ended up buying yep. anything else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, there's there's lots of reasons why they never come back, but you gotta you gotta accept it for what it is. Like not everyone is going to come back. And that's why it's so important, like you said, Carrie, if you're running paid ads, that you're trying to squeeze all the juice out of that sale that you absolutely can expecting, hoping that they're going to come back, but expecting statistically knowing that the majority isn't going to come back. Mm -hmm. Like even if you had a 50% return cost rate, that's freaking insane, man. Like that is an insane return cost rate. That still means one in two customers is never coming back. So like this is why the cross-selling and upselling is so, so important. You want to make as much profit as possible, yeah. as much profit as possible on that sale. And if you're running ads, this is going to allow you more profitability, which gives you more budget that you can go out and you can continue running more ads profitably. Yes, sir. Yeah. Do it. Go do, do it. it. Definitely like pause, pause the podcast. Well, we're almost done anyways, but <laughs> I was going to finish say, the podcast. Pause pause the podcast. Right now. Finish the podcast and then go do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Finish the podcast. We probably got like two more minutes left. Finish the podcast and then take action, go out there and set this up. Like it's, it's hardly any extra work and it's similar to setting up email automations. It's another set it and forget it thing. So like, why, why not? Right. This is just a huge opportunity to increase your sales. You're paying a toll. If you're running paid ads to, to get that customer, you might as well get as much out of them as you can. A lot of times they just don't even see the other products that you have. A lot of people, they click on an ad, they go straight to the product, they buy the product. They never look at anything else. That's totally normal shopper behavior. So by having these pop-ups, you're doing them a service. You're showing them amazing products that they might actually want, but they just, haven't taken the time to see selling a service, man. Like if you're going to show them a product and they're going to be like, I need that. And they're going to add to their cart and they're going to love it and be happy with it. Everybody's winning. Everybody's winning. So, um, cool. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up there unless there's anything else from you, Carrie. I got to say one more thing. Cause I think next week, yeah. I think next Friday is you and Carlos are doing an episode. I think you, you record, I think yes. next Friday, it's going to be you and Carlos on the episode on, on the podcast, which is going to be really good. By the way, if you've never heard Carlos, he's amazing, provides a ton That's of value. Awesome. So if you're still listening at this point, I just want to tell you, Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Um, I won't, I won't, you won't hear from me again before Christmas, but you will hear from me. I think the next week after that, the next Friday after that. So Merry Christmas. It's been a wonderful 2023. Thank you so much to every all of our listeners uh for just making this uh, our first year podcasting i think we hit all 52 weeks i think um and we're, we, we are never missed we're, a week we are extremely thankful for you we're extremely grateful for you uh listening to the podcast so i hope you have a merry merry christmas take some time off get some rest and get ready to hit the ground running in 2024
Yeah, I, I, I don't even think I mentioned it in the podcast, which we pre-recorded. I pre-recorded with Carlos last week. So I'm also going to say thanks for reminding me, Carrie. Merry Christmas. Like sometimes we forget like about these holidays, how quick they're coming up. So absolutely. Like, thank you, everyone, for being here. You guys are so awesome. We love hearing from you and hearing all the action that you're taking. Merry Christmas. Have fun. Get excited for 2024. We're going to be here in 2024 delivering for you guys. We hope that you guys will step up for yourselves and just make your dreams a reality. There's this, my favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes of all time is the best way to predict the future is to create it. So, you know, like we always say, the biggest, like the biggest compliment we can get from this podcast is that you went out there and you took action. So hopefully a lot of you guys are going to be with us in 2024 and well, hopefully we'll get to meet some of you in 2024. It's going to be a great year. Uh, super optimistic and excited for it. So yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. And uh, we'll talk to you guys very soon. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. If you would, please leave us an honest review on whichever platform you're listening on. Thanks again and have a great day. Hey.